It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hob. Yeah, episode 16. First, let's introduce P. Jug. She's my wife. And she told me today that since she met me, she now has hypertension. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, because we have one of those blood pressure cuffs at the house. And she took her uh, you know, blood pressure today. It's elevated. Yeah. And then I'm saying, well, why should that be? She says, well, it's because when I met you, you stressed me out so much. I now have hypertension. Relax, woman. Stop <laughs> stressing out about stuff that is meaningless. And I keep trying to help her with that. And she says, well, you don't pay attention to anything. Nothing bothers you. You know, if I let everything bother me that, that bothers me, it would be a life of bothered, and I don't want any of that. You'd be in Bothersville. I'd be in Bothersville. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit more with P-Jug about uh, something that's happening tomorrow, which could be the best podcast tease of all time. Uh, also, welcome to uh, someone you've come to know and love now. It's Hobbs on Moon, P-Jug, and Hobbs. Some of her friends call her Tiffany Norton, which is totally erroneous. Wow. <laughs> yep. Thank you. You are you are the world's worst PR agent. Really <laughs> People call me anything but my real name. And then another thing, I forgot to open the email, uh, which you can write the show. You know, people think we are technically inept, and that could be close to right. It's moonpjughobs at gmail. The website is moonpjughobs.com. All of our podcasts are there. You know, I've been a Survivor fan for a really long time. I was watching season one with Richard Hatch. It was the first of its kind. You know, people would vote each other off. And eventually, whoever won that episode of Survivor or the entire season would win $1 million cash. And at that point, there wasn't, you know, who wants to be a millionaire and all that other stuff. It was literally one of the first kind of game reality shows that had that kind of a cash payout and everybody wanted to watch it. And, and then people would say, well, maybe I could be on Survivor. Most people who think they could would never make it even like three days, right? About the first time they wiped their <laughs> with some tree bark, they'd want to go home. Okay. <laughs> so there's that. And then from the Twin Cities area, Gary Strateski ended up on Survivor Fiji many seasons later. Uh, uh, Gary, what season was that? Like nine? 14. And, you know, they went to all these different locations that were just gorgeous. And then I'm thinking, you know, why didn't they have an episode of Survivor in Minnesota in the winter? How did you, you know, decide you wanted to be on the show and then, you know, how did you apply and give us the whole process? My daughter, actually, my oldest daughter made it out to California. She applied and she got down to 13 girls. And then when they do that, they have this final process. They take you up into this, the 70th floor of this place out in California. And you get to sit in a half moon circle. And then while you're in there, they start ripping on you. They just see how, if they can piss you off, you know, because they don't want nobody fighting, no, you know, that, that kind of deal. And one lady, and I know exactly who she was, she just laid into her like there was no tomorrow, you know. And uh, that was, that's, it gets down to a point where 
how do you how do you eliminate and get the ones that you want? And they'll do towards the end. It's just who listens. They said go up to the forty fifth floor, go out the elevator. There's an ashtray there. Stand right by that ashtray and talk to nobody. You know, and I I'm really observant, so I see guys that work for CBS. You know, you got to kind of always watch. And this one guy comes walking up to me, and I knew he was down there for CBS because I seen him talking to a few guys. He goes, "How you doing?" I didn't say nothing, you know. The cat got your tongue, and still didn't say nothing. He just kind of kept going. I never said a word, and he left. But if I'd have talked to him, I'd have been gone. You know that that's how they wow. get down to eventually who can listen and don't listen. And then when I got, went into the the big seventieth floor deal with the half moon, I walked in. There was one chair there. You know, it's a big half circle, and there's one chair in the middle. And I said, "Is that for me?" You know, and then nobody laughed. I mean, it just—that's a bad sense of humor with these people, you know. <laughs> and then they were just asking the same thing, and they started ripping on me. And Jeff said something about that. We don't think you can do it because you got those Midwest values. You know, you—you got—you got to lie and cheat and whatever to win this thing. And we don't think you can do it. You know, because of the lying and cheating. I said, well, I made it this far, didn't I? I was in this room with this lady. It's it's like the sixth day or whatever. And she starts giving me all these questions. And she says, is there any history of uh, mental illness in your family? And I just jumped out of the chair. <laughs> I sat back down. Her eyes got about, about that big. You know, her eyes got. And I said, just kidding. Uh, Hobbs, did you ever watch the show? Oh, I, I I actually watched your season. I've I watched most of the survivors. I I fell off uh, after a while because I my schedule changed and they changed when the show was on. But um, no, yeah, I and I know some people that sign or that that auditioned for it, but I don't um, I didn't know anybody that made it until years ago. I was at Sturgis and I met Rupert. Oh from, yeah, yeah, and he is a total character, and he. He's still like, uh, he's got t-shirts and all kinds of stuff and merch for sale. And he sets up a, a booth every year at the Buffalo chip. They get about 120,000. She said three minute videos. You know, if you watch 120,000, three minute videos, you'd be an idiot, you know, but she said they would put them in. And if it doesn't catch them in the first 20 seconds, they, they're gone. And mine, I, being from Minnesota and Midwest values, I, what I did is, I laid down in the snow and my daughter and my wife totally buried me. I was totally covered. So when they, you plug it in, it came up just pure white. And then I sat up and I said, oh, it must have snowed while I was sleeping, you know? <laughs> and then I, I stood up and I said, I better go. I got to pick the snow peas and the iceberg lettuce. That's how you, they, and then they, they, they'll get into it and watch it the whole way. And then I was standing underneath the corner of my barn and my daughter was raking snow off and I was taking a shower with snow, you know, so <laughs> a couple of different kind of things. But they want some kind of creative things, but not any kooky stuff, you know. I don't remember what the season number was, but there was a season, I believe it was season two, with a guy named Colby Donaldson and Tina Wesson. Yep. And uh, there was a lot of talk that that year an agreement had been reached between the two of them to split the cash. So it didn't really matter who won, because, but they kept that all in the down low until later on there was talk of that. I don't know if you have any knowledge of that situation, but they actually may have even changed the rules 
Uh, do, uh, did you hear any about that with those guys? When when you get it, when you get the check, the check is made to you, you know, and then you get it right away. You get a tax statement too, because you know Richard Hatch didn't pay his taxes, you know. So right. They might have been able to do it then, but when I come along, it was it wouldn't happen, you know. Well, but, then uh, you know some of the people that were well liked and even not liked on Survivor went on to do other things. Like Colby Donaldson was a terribly handsome guy from Texas. And he ended up on the Rachel Ray show uh, doing cooking and the women loved this man. I mean, they loved him. He was uh, smoking hot in women's eyes. And so what we did was being a radio station in Texas and everybody, you know, when they got down to the final two, everybody was cheering in Texas for Colby to win. And so when he did not win and Tina was awarded the cash, that was when they you know, may have done the underhanded deal. We did an agreement to have Colby come on our radio show for a morning broadcast, a private lunch that was a fundraiser, and then an evening happy hour. Colby shows up about 20 minutes late, and he's still drunk from the night before, right? <laughs> you could totally smell him, okay? Yeah. And, I mean, all the women are just flipping out. And, I mean, the, the people were fighting for tickets for this thing, okay? So then we had the private lunch. And at the lunch, it was, you know, at an upscale place, people had to pay big money to get in, raise a lot of money for charity. Uh, but then at the happy hour, that's where I come in. What happened was we uh, had a happy hour at a very hot nightclub and the place was packed even on a bad night. But we're going to fly Colby in and like Jeff Probst, when they announced the winner, they would fly in the results in a helicopter. They'd sit down we reenacted that with Colby. So me and my radio partner rented a helicopter and we picked up Colby, uh, you know, at a certain location Yep. and off we went. And when we got to the nightclub, there were, it must've been a mile of women backed up to get into this place. I tell the pilot, where are we going to land? And he pointed and it was quite a ways away from the club. I said, well, why won't you land over there? And they said, well, FAA regulations won't allow you to land a helicopter within so many feet of people or they fine you. And yep. I said, what's the fine? They said, 500 bucks. I said, set it down right in the middle of them. <laughs> right. And so here we come in this helicopter, me and Colby, we land right where we're not supposed to. We wrote, I wrote the check myself, 500 bucks <laughs> to the FAA, but it was a dramatic entrance. It was on video. It was a great a media relations ploy. A nice little thing for 500 bucks. And then the women started pushing and shoving and clawing each other. And it was just, I've never seen women act that way. I mean, <laughs> even at a Chippendale show for the love of God. <laughs> so anyway, um, how many uh, contestants were on your specific, uh, you know, episode in Fiji that you had to beat? There was uh, 18 of us. The, the first one to go usually is kind of an a-hole. Sylvia, she was gone pretty quick, too, just because people didn't like her, you know. Right. She, and you start bossing people around, you, you're going to go home real quick, you know. They now, just, weren't you the oldest guy that was ever on Survivor? Uh, I was at that time, yeah. And I think I, I still might be in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Rudy was, uh, he, Rudy was the oldest guy. I oh, I remember Rudy. What season was that? He was the first season, Rudy was, yeah. Oh, was he? 
yeah. I, I think I think he might have passed now even too. Well, so he wasn't a survivor, <laughs> so <laughs> to speak. Part, but, yeah. oh. Sorry, Sorry no, about that. It, it, it's different, you know. <clears throat> they tell you that you know we know there's food out there, but you got to find it. You got to go after it. You know, we're not going to give you nothing. You got you just got to go find it on your own. So you you, you get out there and you start looking around and you start using your head. You know, like. The boiling water deal, uh, you know, I, I did that about two days, and I thought this crap, well, you know, you're getting the ashes in it and stuff. So I started checking where the water was, and I'm thinking this is just a big barrel that they're dumping water in. It was like a well, you know. So I thought, ah, that's what's going on. Every morning they just replenished it. So I'd go over there real early, and I'd fill my canteen, come back, and never, never. <laughs> and finally, Boo comes up to me. He goes, "Hey." You ain't drinking that crap water. I'm watching you. And then him and I had it for a couple of days. And then all of a sudden, dreams come up. And he goes, hey, you and Boo ain't drinking that water. So I had to haul him over there, you know, and let him know. But, yeah, it's uh, you, you find out a few things, you know. We had uh, bananas, raw bananas, or plantations. And, you know, they'd cook them and fry them up. Liliana was real good at that. And then we run a lot of rewards. And I ate the end of a pig snout, pig nose, that one day. Wow. That was good. It was a little hairy and little flies on it, but it was <laughs> it was about oh I wanna say maybe uh probably two inches thick. You know, they just took right the end of a pig's nose and just cut it off, you know. That's all it was. And Jeff Rose he goes, Do you eat this shit every day? I said every day, but pretty regular. <laughs> Gary and I went on a motorcycle ride one time and he slowed down on the bike in front of me. And I thought maybe there's a deer up there <laughs> and, and he stopped in the middle of the road because there was a turtle that had been hit and he throws it in the back of his bike. And, and I'm like, what are you doing? going to try to save the turtle. And he goes, no, that's soup. Right. And I go, wait a minute, you're not eating roadkill, are you? And then we ended up talking about deer and you, uh, got bit by a critter. Is that right? Fire ants got the crap out of me. They just ate me alive. God, they were nasty. I, I didn't know what fire ants were, you know. You ended up getting medical help, right? Yeah, they took me into Lombasa and they gave me the, like an epinephrine and then it went away and then I was just, uh, then I went to the plantation and we partied. <laughs> and that was that. You ended up having a good time even though you were out. Yeah, the plantation is pretty crazy. We were there for a couple of weeks and then when the jury starts coming in they fly you out and they flew us to uh uh australia so we we're in sydney australia with mark burnett's credit card oh man we had a heck of a good time <laughs> <laughs> so basically you want to you want to get eliminated early is what i'm what i'm hearing gary well, you know what I mean? Like, if you go out one or you go out nine if you're not going to make it to the final like get the most of mark burnett's credit card yeah, I mean, we were drinking uh, $400 wine, you know, and we were having a good time on the meals and stuff. And then they give you, a, uh, it was $100 a day per diem to eat with, you know. So me and Anthony and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, Rita, we'd go every now and then and head down. We went down one street, downtown Sydney, and hit every bar, had beer on every bar to the end, and then came back up, and then we went down the other street. Everyone, yeah, we had it was a good time. 
Gary came to see us in Destin, Florida. We were actually staying at a place in Miramar Beach. And we had a Super Bowl party. And this was uh, the year uh, 2019. When they get to our place, I invited some other people from Minnesota over. A lot of people there for the you know winter and whatever. And we have so much fun. We start getting noise complaints. And do you remember that? <laughs> yes. And P-Jug, how many did we get? Tell them what happened. Yeah, yeah. We did have a lot of noise complaints. Um, maybe up to a half a dozen. Who doesn't expect a little noise on Super Bowl Sunday at 7 o'clock at night, for Christ's sakes? Uh-huh. I mean, you got to be able to have some fun in life. We were doing a slight bit of gambling, but not that much. But one of the things I'd never seen at a Super Bowl party before was we a- actually had referees flags where we could throw a challenge whenever there was a call by a ref we didn't like. <laughs> and those things were flying, man. That was yeah, pretty good. That was a lot of fun. And then Gary, and one of the things you do too is you travel. I mean, you've done so many different things. You've been a bus driver. That How long did you do that? Uh, on and off for 20 years, 25 years probably. Yep. And which school district was it? It was it was always the Hennepin and Oka District school school in Oka District. But I mean, when I first started, you didn't even have to have a license, a bus license. You know, all I know is uh, I used to, a guy that owned a company came to my shop. I had a barber shop too for a few years. He was saying he couldn't get help. I said, "Well, what time do you get done?" Oh, usually by nine o'clock. I said, "Well, yeah, I'll I'll give it a whirl, try it." You know, so he said, "Go down and talk to Barb." Be there at six o'clock in the morning. So I get there about five to six, and Barb goes, Here's your book. Here's your route. Get going. You're 10 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> That's your training. You know. <laughs> get out. You're late. You know, as of late, he hauls cars uh, coast to coast. And how many do you haul at a time? And uh, who are these people that are getting cars shipped? My main thing is I, I that I haul the RV trailers. Around uh, the country, and uh, I did that for uh, about the last eight years or so. I just quit here about a month and a half ago. My truck had uh, over eight hundred thousand miles on it, so I figured it, it's uh, it could die any day, you know. Eight hundred thousand miles on any vehicle is huge. On a pickup, a one-ton pickup. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Another place that Gary likes to go each year is the Testicle Festival. That's out in Montana. <laughs> and you've gone a lot of times. Been out there a couple of times. It's it's been good. Yeah. It's it's diff- they've kind of cut it back now. They, uh, the last couple of years they didn't have it. They got got a little bit too rowdy. Too much uh, uh, testosterone or something. <laughs> I like how you said that they cut it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty almost, funny. Almost like a circumcision. <laughs> That's uh, right. What about, so you go to a town, what town is it? It's in Michigan, isn't it? Uh, in Michigan, we go to the to the Gizzard Festival. Oh, Gizzard Festival, that's right. Okay, so the testicle uh, festival is in Montana. In Montana and then yeah. uh, how many uh, testicles are consumed each year? <laughs> Does anybody keep track? No, I bet I the bulls do. Hobbs, have you ever had, uh, you know, cow balls, no. Rocky Mountain oysters, another thing they've been called? I have not as a, I've, well, let's put it this way. I've not had it as a meal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, when I go to Colorado once, once in a while, I'll have Rocky Mountain oysters, you know, and people yeah. don't know what they are, but that's what they are. 
they're not bad. They're fried. You know, if you got heavy bread yep. and it's fried, I mean, how can you lose? My grandpa used to say, all you got to do is just got to cook the piss out of them and they taste real good. <laughs> <laughs> like literally and figuratively. Yeah. All the piss out of them because otherwise it's too tart. You can go to the Gizzard Festival. I was the host there one year uh, when I get the first year I got back from Survivor that's in uh, Potterville, Michigan. They got really good gizzards there. And my wife, who don't like gizzards too much, she thought they were pretty good. They have like <laughs> nacho flavored ones and they got all different flavored gizzards. They cook them real slow in a crock pot kind of. And Oh, God, they're really good. I, in Nebraska, all we really had that was anything that was kind of different to eat was Runza which is a franchise that I love. They only have, a, you know, a couple of stores outside of Nebraska, uh, maybe a couple in Colorado and a couple in Iowa. They're almost like a hoagie. It's like a cabbage burger, but I don't like cabbage. But I don't know. There's something about the way they dice the onions, and it's, it's magical together. And one time I went on the radio here, and I said, is there anybody going to Nebraska because if you are, I want you to make a run for me on these runzas. And I found a girl that listened that had a smart car and I offered to pay half of her gas. So the whole trip was like, <laughs> like 20 bucks. And she comes back with an entire cooler full of these runs of sandwiches. And then I would, uh, if I really loved you, would share one with you. And uh, when you're down to your last dozen, you don't know what to do. You're puzzled. What about uh, law enforcement when you speed? Because since you travel all the time, are there certain states you just got to be more careful about the cops? Indiana. Lock your crews at Indiana at the speed limit and don't go above it because they, they really take it in Indiana. Big time. And then Montana's 80 across Montana. If you get a ticket with the speed limit of 80, you deserve that ticket. I mean, <laughs> if 80 ain't fast enough. I remember one year for the Race for the Cure, uh, Stacy and I were the you know team captains. We had like eleven or twelve hundred women on this team, and uh, we needed to be at the station. And they would do television interviews with us to promote, you know, the Susan G. Komen race for the cure, and you know how many people yep. were involved in this and that. And I woke up late. This was my very last time of, of going down there, and I took off. And it's five a.m. on Mother's Day. There is not a car anywhere at all, not one so i leave from the very south metro in lakeville i go through bloomington or whatever as i approach downtown minneapolis up oh, here comes the red lights and i'm thinking ah oh, and uh cop pulls over and uh he said uh, do you know how fast you were going uh and i said yes i do and he goes well how fast were you going i said well i thought the speed limit was 85 he ends up saying where are you in such a hurry and i said well you know, I, I'm going to try to name drop. I said, you know, I, I'm a radio person that's trying to raise money for breast cancer uh, awareness and victims and things like that. And so I'm on my way for the race for the cure and I'm a little late. And he goes, well, you're going to be a little later. And that was it. And he went back to his car and he sat there. So I called Stacy and I said, you're never going to believe this. I'm going to be late. And I know that's not a surprise, but the reason I'm going to be late is because I just got pulled over. This was amazing. Stacy also was late. She and I were both pulled over on different sides of town by state patrol, right? She gets busted <laughs> on 35E, I'm on 35W. And we both get ticketed. And it was, you know, 
It was a, a good event, a great story. And I was there on time without a speeding ticket. I remember one time Gary and I, uh, we rode together all the way up to his place in Ely. And I'd never yep. been to Ely and it's beautiful, right? It's a nice little town. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get there and we're going to pull into his garage and the mosquitoes are so bad. I leave my helmet on and I am running for the door because I felt like it was the end of the world. Okay. We're fighting to get inside as quick as we possibly can. And then when it's dinner time, it's like, I'm not going out. Neither am I. And so we ended up ordering pizza. And then Gary shows me these uh, costumes he has almost. They're a hundred percent netting from the top of your body to the toe. And that's the way you got to live when you're in Ely. Wow. They're as big as hummingbirds, the goddamn thing. <laughs> oh, it was nasty. What's your protection against the mosquitoes? What do you use? We got these little things that it's a, it, it kind of emits a, a, a smell kind of, and it hums. And those things tend to work better than any kind of sprays. You can get them at Cabela's. Thermocells. Thermocells? You got them, they got little cartridges with fuel in it, and then it emits. And I tell you what, you can put one of those around a campfire, and everybody within probably 15 feet won't get bothered. Oh, good to know. Yeah, we should try it. You know, Cabela's has everything, and I grew up with the Cabela's family. Did you know that? I mean, I didn't live in their home. But I lived in the same. <laughs> I, I I I lived you know in the same town, and uh, the story behind Cabela's is uh, I'll make it kind of short and sweet. One of the brothers had a furniture store, and it was small. There was one couch, one chair, one of everything, and then you could take a look at what they had in the store and order whatever you wanted, and they'd ship it in. Well, the other brother tied fishing lures, and the fishing lures were in his brother's store. And everybody came in for lures, but nobody came in for furniture, right? And, uh, you know, and so they're thinking, well, okay, how are we going to fix that? So they moved the business to my hometown, bought a little bit bigger building and had a nice retail store. Uh, they made, you know, their own clothes. They were very high quality. And eventually they're thinking, well, how can we sell these things to people that don't live here? Why don't we try a catalog? Boom. It blew up, okay? And not only did it blow up, uh, they were sitting right, their building, on the railroad tracks so they could ship large amounts of goods, uh, you know, to wherever they wanted to go. And they would ship out entire railroad uh, trains filled with just their things. And eventually, fast forward, they were just bought out by Bass Pro Shops for $6 billion, right? So this one family from my hometown now has more money than anybody that I know, <laughs> right? I mean, I've known a couple of billionaires and I've met a couple, but you know, now six bill, that's, I didn't even know how much a billion dollars was till I tried to figure it out. A thousand million is yeah. a billion. A thousand million is a billion. So they have what? Six thousand <laughs> million and it all started with fishing lures well before we let you go to lacrosse let me give you one gary story uh we stopped at a mcdonald's and he encouraged me to get this dessert it's a rollo mcflurry i looked at it and it was like 3200 calories right (laughs) (laughs) 
and, and I remember eating that and we carved so hard. Then we started driving back from up north back to the Twin Cities. And, uh, you know, my gas light lights up on my bike. And it says, you know something? You need gas. And I'd seen the light before and I knew about how many miles I had left. So I pull up to Gary and I'm like, we got to go to a gas station. He's like, yeah, there's just one right around the corner up here. So we went around the corner and we kept going. One mile, two miles, 10 miles. And I'm thinking, dude. And at that point, we didn't have communication between our bikes with, uh, you know, CBs or anything. And so eventually I caught up to him and I'm like, I need gas like right now. And he goes, no, seriously, this gas station's right up here. So we go about another two more miles. I know my engine's sucking air. We get to the gas station and it's closed. And I'm like going, oh my God, now what? <laughs> so we look behind us and there's a farm about another two miles back. So we turn around again. At this point, there's no way I had any gas in the bike. We get there and the farmer comes out and he was a little perplexed at first. Why these, you know, these guys on bikes are looking like they're, uh, you know, losing their minds because I was really freaked out. Right. It's hard to push a 1200 pound trike. So no. the guy comes out and, he, and we're like, yeah, can we buy some gas from you? And he goes, yeah, there's a farm about two miles further. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we go another two miles. We pull up. A guy comes out and he's like, I have one gallon. So now we've got three bikes all out of gas. We split a gallon that smelled almost like it was a kerosene can. We didn't even know if it was real gas. And uh, so we take our one third of a gallon of gas and we finally find a gas station. We made it home and, and the rest is history. That's a great one. You go have fun, man. It was really great to see you. We need to hook it up. I think uh, go to Cabela's, get one of those devices, bring it to my fire pit. And I think it's, it's time to drink some beer. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Just uh, let me know. Episode 16 of Moon, P. Jug and Hobbs continues. Thanks to Gary Stratesky, uh, one of my uh, best buddies, uh, formerly of the cast of Survivor Fiji. The guy got bit by a critter and had to be life lighted out. He nearly died. You know, since we're doing guests today, why don't we bring in one more guest, actually two more, uh, and they're known by one name, two guys, one name, Beat Generation. Hey, welcome, guys. Thanks for having us, Moon and P. Jug. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, Beat Generation does is a kind of music called noise. Can you explain what that is? I would also say... <laughs> Trevor gets mad because we don't do enough. <laughs> and they're not kidding. You know, when they record an album and it's noise music... It is exactly what it says in the dictionary. Noise is noise. Uh, it's distorted. It's unpleasant to hear. It's just not good at all. Pleasantness is subjective. <laughs> A lot of it is subjective. But uh, I had never been exposed to noise music, but boy, am I glad I have because now I know what I don't want to hear, and that's noise. One time, P. Jug said that our music sounded like Kurt Cobain, so I'll just let that one... <laughs> that's a compliment yeah 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 we sound like Kurt Cobain in his final moment Whoa, yeah. <laughs> no, no don't yeah clip that delete that <laughs> you can't say too soon after 10 years but <laughs> too soon yeah right I know I think it's been 20 now yeah can you believe he's been gone that long I believe yeah. that yeah how did you meet and when did you develop this uh you know desire to be a band 
by the way, this uh, my name is Trevor Thompson, and I'll let my uh, hear this. This other voice is Partybot 4K. Partybot 4K is this voice. The other one is Trevor Thompson. Uh, one time we we have mutual connections, and one time I was hanging out with some of these mutual connections, and then some random guy barged in the door and started yelling at us. It was an afternoon. I was freaked out, and it turned out to be Partybot 4K in his in his uh, one of his. And my handle of vodka. <laughs> and and uh, Partybot and I quickly uh, became friends because of our love of deontological thinking and reading philosophers like Kant. Uh, we also sh- have a shared interest in psychoanalysis and music. And in the past few years, we decided to start making more electronic music, experimental stuff, and publishing. That's all music in quotations. And you guys use a lot of uh, what reverb and a lot of distortion and what else? And delay. And delay. The noise section is only part of our music. Most of it's pop garbage. And then how do people find your music? That's what they want to know. They're thinking beat generation sounds interesting. How do I get it? Well, uh, we followed a bunch of people on Twitter, but uh, most of them didn't respond. Um, (laughs) I think maybe a couple of them heard it. Uh, then we did a couple shows, and uh, the music really sucks at our shows, but we do a lot of like visuals. So people, people pretty much, we have this thing that I actually thought you had to be more of a famous band to do, but we actually have fake fans uh, where people, they say they listen to V Generation because they saw our show, but I'm seeing the streaming numbers, and, and they're not going up. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one, of their, uh, at one of their concerts, they did, I thought this was quite catchy. Uh, they did a, a night where everybody had to go in costume. Tell them about that. Yeah, the dress code was strictly enforced. You had to <laughs> wear a dress, a real dress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we had this really wonderful, rare situation where I didn't wear a dress, and I was being bullied for being a man not in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, did you take any music lessons at all, Party Bot, or no? Um, yeah, I did a little bit of music lessons. I'm mostly self-taught though. I bought like a, a book on harmony and I got into classical theory for a while. Um, so I have a little bit of, you know, know-how from that, but no, not, not recently. I actually, I uh, detest anyone who's at good at their instruments. I think that's just bad, a bad way to live. You don't want to be good with an instrument. Uh, and then, God forbid. <laughs> uh, now, who do you guys listen to? Because when I talked to Trevor about it, he brought up today a, R- a Russian hard rock band. What was the name? That was a uh, that was just something I found on the internet. It was a hardcore Russian rap duo. Uh, they were called uh, uh, Locked Club. Is a band called Kraftwerk uh, out of Dusseldorf, Germany. A Ghost Main is is a guy from Florida that we really like. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a duo, Lil Lil Pete, Lil Tracy. Also, Biosphere, global communication as far as ambient musicians go. And then what, what are some of your uh, albums' names? Do you have names for them, or are they just download? Yeah, we, we have a few different albums. V-Generation v Volume 1 and 2. So that, that's our first drop. It was a double album. And then we have, <laughs> and then we have um, an album called Send Me Back to Minneapolis in a Box. Uh, we also have an EP called Toward Moral Goodness and another album called Beat Generation Volume 3. Um, we're actually, tonight, we're going to finish our fourth studio album uh, recording advertisements for everyone's enjoyment. And I've heard some of the ads. They're pretty good. 
Yeah, we want to just make sure that, you know, these companies are getting the most money they can out of people. So we're writing a couple ads to help them extend their influence. Write one for Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. We we already planned that. We already <laughs> planned. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, are, we were already going to do that. <laughs> and now for the first time ever on this podcast, and possibly the last time ever, this is Beat Generation. Woohoo! Beat Generation. sounds like Vegas feels. Yeah, it does. I want to hear this when I'm driving my car. <laughs> I don't. You don't? No. <laughs> I kind of I kind of dig it though. Yeah, beat generation, beat generation. Yay! There you go. Yeah, at the end of our song, we, we have a little prayer we like to say. What's the prayer? F*** you. It's <laughs> <laughs> very benevolent. Yes, I feel better. All right, we'll see you again soon, Beat Jen. Yes. Goodbye. There you go, Beat Generation. My son oh and, my pa- God. and Party Bot 4K. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hire those guys. To play Are a you? New Year's party or something? To play your next fire pit. <laughs> And I'll be like, whatever he offers you to stop, I'm doubling it. Oh, God. We're raising money. I don't know what it is. It's noise. It's a beat. They're they're beat gen. They are beat gen. It's about mixing beats. It's very unique. It's cool. I like it. Yeah, it's very ethereal. Speaking of ethereal, can we talk about something that almost sounds like ethereal? Sure. Urethra. Urethra. Oh, God. Don't talk you. about your UTI again, please. Oh, wait, okay. you don't have a you, Do you have a urethra? It's got stretch marks on it, my urethra. And, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I told you earlier in the podcast today that I was going to give you a tease that would make you want to listen to next week's podcast. Okay, here it is. Tomorrow, I have a medical procedure uh, called Eurodynamics. They are going to take a, a camera and stick it up my penis and it's going to go all the way back to my bladder and mm-hmm. then uh and then they're going to check to see how i void fluids to uh, see if to see if my bladder's working and then to to make sure everything else on the other side's fine how is this about pee jug you said there was something <laughs> pee jug was going to share that we needed to tune in for uh, well, i don't know yeah. what that would be I mean, does pee jug get to, to to put the stuff in like no to- she doesn't she won't have to empty any more pee jugs because I'll have a catheter in. That'll be special. After they go in the back door, then next week we'll get uh, results. Oh, and then we, So if you want to hear about my urethra next Friday, you can hear all about it here on Moon Pee Jug and Hobbs. Oh, and by the way, uh, I forgot to check the email, but I did not forget to order the T-shirts. We're going to have Moon Pee Jug and Hobbs T-shirts uh, that will have a dot com on there uh, to promote the new website. And we'll be giving them out to people who actually email the email address. So every, what, 10th email, we get uh, up to 12 emails. <laughs> How many did you order? <laughs> <laughs> One. 12 emails? You're usually supposed to clear promotions through me. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I just ordered one. So it, 
If you're you ordered wanting... one, you can't you can't advertise that you're going to give away something that you didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke. There's probably no podcast police, so and, and I may keep that one for myself. Who knows? <laughs> Moonpjogginghobs.com. Uh, anybody else have anything to add? We've had quite an hour and a half here. That'll end up being 20 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Anybody got something to say? <laughs> uh, you can, if you want to see some stand-up comedy, I'll be performing next Wednesday at Sisyphus for uh, my girlfriend, uh, Sarah McPeck produces a beautiful, really fun uh, show once a month, uh, Wednesdays. It's called Wednesdays. And so it'll be myself doing stand-up comedy, a couple of other comics and drag performers and variety and, it's a lot of fun. So Sisyphus Brewing in Minneapolis. Will the Sisters of uh, Perpetual Indulgence be there? I don't know, but they are more than welcome to join. Absolutely. Okay. And then uh, is there anything, P-Jug, you want to promote? Well, you know, you're talking about your urethra. Yes. You know the song you used to sing? My urethra. My urethra. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor PJ. I'm so sorry. I thought that only the ones of, that worked with him had to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he sang it at home too, huh? I did. He is. Yeah. My urethra. You are a saint. I used that same uh, instrumental mix to do my Ebola. Mm. As yes, well. that's what it was. My Ebola. Not my urethra. But now you can do my urethra. My urethra. Okay. My it's the, urethra. It's the remix. We get uh we get beat Jen to uh to mix it. Yes. And, and then and then yeah, you should have beat Jen write a song about your urethra for next week. That would be great. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. 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 I am so in. <laughs> I didn't know this, but people are into that sexually. Did you know that? What okay. Sticking what? things, sticking things into their penis. I think it's called fishing. Is that what it is? Or, or curling or what? Well, I think it's an Olympic sport and I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I think you're, I know there's a stone involved, but I think it's slid against Crossy. Oh my God. Fishing. I don't know. I don't know. Let's be done with this. Okay. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast to get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the f*** does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopie Jug and Hobbs. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Let's put this show out of its misery. Ha, 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 ha.